0: welcome to the rhodes church podcast we are so excited to connect with you we hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message hi everyone oh i'm so honored to be here thank you so much pastor chad and dawn for inviting me to your house and i have to say do y'all understand how blessed you are to be in this house do you okay I love it here. This is incredible. Uh, Honestly, I, I speak at churches all over the country. And let me tell you, every church believes in the Holy Spirit, but not every church really makes room for the Holy Spirit. And actually, it was a few years ago that the Lord spoke to me in prayer and told me that there was a great divide coming in the church. So sometimes we like to think, oh, kumbaya, everyone's coming together which I would like to believe, but he actually told me there was going to be a great divide. And there was going to be the church that wanted to stay in the tradition of man and wanted to stay in formula. And then there was going to be a remnant church that was willing to be fresh and step outside the box and yield to the spirit and go with the flow of what God is doing. Yeah. And that's what this church is doing. So, I love to teach on the move of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's really my best friend. I love him so much. Love it, love it, love it. Because it's the Holy Spirit that takes you out of head knowledge of God and into experiential knowledge of God. So, let me just say for those of you that maybe this might be a little new, I understand it can be unfamiliar, but I just want to challenge you to not allow any religious mindset, any tradition to keep you blocked from what God is doing now. So, if stuff comes up in you, work with yourself. Work with yourself and go back to the word and see what God is saying because God wants to break out, and I believe this church is going to break out, and there's no coincidence that you're here in this region. I believe you guys are praying for a move of the Spirit, reaching out into the, into the people in the region, and this is how it happens, by yielding to the Holy Spirit. So this is awesome. So all that to say, praise God. I love the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way today. You are the guest of honor. You are first and foremost. It's not about me, but it's about you coming through me. I thank you, Holy Spirit and Lord and Father God, that you are going to uh, answer specific things in people's hearts today, that you're going to loose um, things that need to be loose, that you're going to release and impart what needs to be imparted, and we're just going to have a good old time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo! Okay, I could just flow in the in the flow right now, but <laughs> rain it in, girl, rain it in. Okay, so hi, <laughs> I'm from Orange County, California. Yes, it's much warmer there, y'all. Yeah, it's a little warmer. Uh, I live there with my husband James and our eight-year-old daughter Gemma. That's my cutie family right there. I know, aren't they cute? <laughs> And that picture was taken last year in Oklahoma on the set of the movie Unplanned. Uh, We had a great night last night. Who came out last night for the movie? Okay, a lot of you. We showed the movie. I shared a lot of behind-the-scenes stories of the movie. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it today, but I want to let you know, if you have not yet seen the film, I have the DVD with me. I will love to sign it for you, put it in your hands. If you haven't seen the film, this is a for such a time as this movie. Never in my lifetime has this issue been more on the forefront. It's so obvious that God has his hand on this topic. And we as believers must be informed, we must be in the know so that we can walk in love with people. But we have to know the truth in order to impart to people, right? So I know the movie, uh, you might have heard, there. there's some difficult parts in the movie. It's not necessarily easy to watch, but I will tell you, it's not a shaming movie. It's not a condemning movie. It's a true story, and it's a story of hope, a story of redemption. And it puts the truth up on the screen. So please, support what God is doing. Support God taking back the airwaves and releasing movies like this into our country and all around the world. By the way, real quick, the movie's going all around the world right now. We're in Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, Ireland, uh, the Caribbean, Jamaica, uh, all over, everywhere. So keep it in prayer. This is an exciting time. I believe God is uh, just on the move and and changing hearts with this movie. Um, So me doing this film was me coming back to Hollywood after... Uh, I walked away from Hollywood. I had a very successful career for many years. I became a believer right away. I had an affinity for the things of God. I felt that he said to me the gifts that he had given me for communication that he had used in entertainment he now wanted to use for the kingdom. So I I left acting to follow the call of God, and that's what I've been doing, traveling, ministering, speaking, bringing the truth, doing what I love to do, and I love this. It's what I'm built for. Uh, I had no intention of ever going back to Hollywood. But God had another plan. And through just a God-only series of events, I got introduced to the directors, and there I was, back in a movie after a 15-year hiatus, uh, doing a kingdom film. So, uh, yes, for such a time as this. So this morning, let's see, where's my time clock? That's my clock. Okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. (laughs) This morning, I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you, and then I want to give you a life changing, truly life changing tool for transformation. Because a story is powerful. We know that we overcome by testimony, but I'm a tools teacher, I'm a how to teacher. You know, sometimes I found in my Christian walk that things would get a little conceptual, and people would say things like, oh, well, just surrender all, just trust in the Lord, you know, just focus on the cross. And I would think, well, all that sounds good, but what happens when you're really struggling? Like, how do I do that? Do I just stand there and look at the cross? Like, does that, you know, what's the how-to? So I'm a how-to teacher because it's the biblical principles that show us how to overcome what the world is overcome by. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release a tool to you today and not only teach it, but we're going to activate it. Because the Axe Church is all about activation. So we're not going to just learn about it, but we're going to get activated in it. Does that sound good? Okay. So as I talked about last night, movies can be so impactful. I mean, they can shift culture. They can change our own individual lives. I saw a movie as a young girl that completely changed my life. And that movie is called (laughs) Flashdance. Yes, it was a life changer. Those of you that are young might not even know what we're talking about. But those of us that were around in the 80s remember Flashdance, right? So I was that little girl like so many girls who danced around the house and put on shows for my family. And it wasn't until I saw the movie Flashdance that I realized, oh my goodness, you could actually do this for a living. So my parents, I wanted to look like Jennifer Beals, the actress in the movie. My parents actually let me go get a big old perm. And there's me with permed curly hair. Ladies from the 80s, come on, you know I wasn't the only one. I was not the only one. Can we just have a moment of silence and thank the Lord that that is no longer in style? I mean, that picture's tame. My hair got big. Did your hair get big? (sighs) So I trained very seriously as a dancer. I was passionate about it. I became professional at 16, started traveling around the world, started doing all sorts of dance shows. And it was a few years later that I was discovered by Prince. He had an album called Diamonds and Pearls, and he had two girls that he wanted to be twins, one named Diamond and one named Pearl, and there's me on the left. I'm the Pearl half of Diamonds and Pearls from the 90s. So that... <laughs> oh, walk down memory lane. Okay. Still the big hair. Couldn't get away from it. I finally got away from it. Okay. <laughs> So after Prince, we can, we can lose that picture, okay. <laughs> we don't need that, all right, thank you. Uh, so after Prince, that was an incredible time in my life, it really was. Uh, I was dancing on stages in front of 60,000 people at a time, traveling the world with this musical genius. Um, I retired from dance after that. I had had a pretty good career. I felt like Prince was the pinnacle, transitioned into acting, started doing TV shows like Beverly Hills 90210, and then I was on a God fearing show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) There's me with Buffy and my love interest, Giles. And now this is the time, (laughs) this is the time I was not a believer at this point in my life, but I always believed in God. I always believed in God, but I didn't have that connection to God. I definitely didn't know what it meant to be a Christian or a born-again Christian. Um, It was during my time on Buffy that I started really seeking God in a deeper way. Because although I was really at the top of my game, I was in my 20s, I was living the dream, traveling the world, on TV, making a lot of money. I mean, I was the epitome of success. I gave off an image of confidence and like I had it all together. But the image that I was portraying on the screen was very different than where I was living internally. Because the truth is, if you don't have God, you cannot have true success. I believe that God wants us to be financially prosperous, but financial prosperity is the lowest form of prosperity. It's great to to prosper financially, but if you're not prospering emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally, you're not prospering. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're tormented, you lay your head down in that mansion and you're not doing well. Right? So I seemed successful, but inside I knew I wasn't really successful. I did not have God and therefore I was struggling with what we struggle with if we don't know God. I was mentally tormented. I wasn't at peace inside my own skin. I was a chain smoker, and I hated my relationship with cigarettes. I was addicted, and I couldn't get free. I was fearful and anxious. But the thing I was struggling with the most, and you would never know by looking at me, was my relationship with food. I was mentally tormented all day long thinking about what I was going to eat, what I wasn't going to eat. You know, we women all get a bit affected in this area, but being a dancer and an actress just exacerbated that. Issue. So I looked thin. I never had a weight problem, but inside I was consumed. I would starve myself. Then I even got into some eating disorders, binging and purging, and I was not doing well. So because of that, I started looking for God. Now I'm from Southern California, like I told you, and when you start looking for God in Southern California, you don't usually bump right into Jesus first stop, <laughs> right? That's not the first stop in in that atmosphere, especially in Hollywood. You kind of hit a lot of things that are spiritual, right? A lot of spirituality as long as it's not Jesus. I mean, almost anything goes as long as it's not Jesus. So I got into some things in New Age, and especially in California, we're all about enlightenment, right? My people like to be enlightened. So I started doing a lot of self-help reading to get enlightened. And so I was reading my self-help books, and they weren't helping. It's reading my self-help, smoking my cigarettes, eating my cookies, and, and it, it wasn't really working for me. And I didn't realize till later when I became a Christian, that self-help is kind of an oxymoron, Because yourself is the problem. And in self-help, you're looking to yourself to get you out of the problem that yourself created. So it's like, if you know, I'm a smart girl, but if myself knew what the heck it was doing, it wouldn't be in this problem in the first place. You know, God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And much, much later, I came upon a quote from Einstein who said that no problem can be solved by the same level of consciousness that created it. So I knew something inherent. In me knew that if I found God in an authentic way, I'd start getting free. And doing all my self-help and New Agey stuff, I wasn't getting free. So I kept looking. So I said, God, I don't know. I don't understand the whole Jesus thing. How can there be just one path to God? What does being a Christian even mean? I honestly didn't know. Does it mean what I see on Christian TV with big old blonde hair I'm like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord? Right? I mean, not to be harsh, I mean, I, I, but I didn't, I didn't relate to that. I wasn't seeing things I, I connected with. And then you know, coming from Hollywood. I mean, we know how how Christians are portrayed in Hollywood. You know, you don't turn on a TV show and see the Christian man or woman who's put together, intelligent, articulate, has great character. You don't see that. You see the the TV show where there's a little Christian lady, and she wears her hair in a bun, and she just loves everybody, and she's giving scriptures to all the people in the town. And by the end of the show, she's the one who murdered half the town. (laughs) Right? So they love to put that They love to sow those seeds that Christianity is craziness and there's nothing authentic about it. So I was stuck in that. I thought, you know, God, you know I love you. I don't get the Jesus thing, but if it's really real, just give me something. Show me something and I'll follow. So the Bible's awesome. It says that if we seek with a sincere heart, God will reveal himself. The Bible also says that God speaks in various and obscure ways. I love that God is not religious. He'll speak through a pastor, he'll speak through a sermon, but if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, he'll speak through secular songs on the radio, he'll speak through license plates, he'll speak through billboards, he'll speak through all kinds of things. So he knew I was open. And I randomly was just reading a magazine one day, and in the magazine, uh, it was an article about Michelangelo, who painted the Sistine Chapel and who sculpted the work of David. In this article, it said that when Michelangelo went to sculpt, he didn't try to create a statue. He would stand in front of a huge slab of marble, and he would see the finished work inside the marble. And all he would do is chip away at the excess that was keeping it from being the masterpiece that it already was. Michelangelo is quoted as saying, I saw the angel in the marble, and I carved until I set him free. How awesome is that? When I read that the spirit of the lord just spoke to me and God said that's what it is to be a christian. That's who I am. That's what Jesus is. I'm not going to take away your personality. I'm not going to take away your fun. You don't have to, you know, move to Africa and sleep on dirt unless you want to, right? These are all the things I thought being a christian meant. He said, you don't have to do all that. All I'm going to take away is the eating issues, the bondage, the torment, everything that's keeping you from being the masterpiece that I created you to be. So it was through a series of events. He did a couple more things like that. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm in. Came in, got in church, you know, I was starting to learn about God. And, and, you know, I was a reader. I love to read. I read so much self-help book, The Spirit of the Lord. Father God said, you know, hey, I actually wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> Might want to check that one out since you like to read so much said okay you know I read every other book except the Bible so now I'm in church I'm reading the Bible and I'm seeing all through the Bible about getting free where the Spirit of the Lord is there's liberty there's freedom and I'm just seeing so many accounts and recognizing this isn't just a book of nice little stories that there's there's promises in this book and I said Lord I want to learn how to appropriate promises. And now that's what I do as a believer because we can all love God and when we when we become believers, we now have access to everything available to us, but it does not just happen automatically. We have to learn how to appropriate and step into what is rightfully ours. So I said, "Lord, if there's freedom in this book, I did all the other things and I didn't find freedom. But if there's freedom in this book, I don't want to just, you know, mamsy pamsy dance around it. I want real freedom." Show me how to do it. Show me how to get it. I believe that this is real. So show me. I'm not going to be in bondage for 10, 20, 30 more years. I want to get free. I said, Lord, let's do this. So I went before God, and I said, the first thing that is killing me right now is this issue with food. I have got to get free. So I said, Father God, talk to me. You know, God loves to talk to us. He doesn't only talk to pastors and ministers. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I'm a sheep. Are you a sheep? Okay, therefore, God speaks to us. I don't hear an audible voice, but I have a knowing, an impression, and we just sense that it's God, and then he backs it up in Scripture, right? So I went before the Lord, and I said, I was desperate, really. Help me with my food problem. Right away I heard, food is not your problem. You're merely using food as a counterfeit comforter. I had never heard that phrase before, never heard anyone preach it, Right away, he took me to the Bible and showed me that the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. So the Holy Spirit is the authentic comforter. But God said, food's not your problem. Food's just a result of your problem. Food's just a symptom to your problem. Food is just a fruit of an unhealthy root. That's why when you try to fix your fruit... You can't heal your fruit, and for me it was food. You can't heal your fruit by dieting and trying to do all this stuff because when you heal the root, the fruit will naturally take care of itself. So he started talking to me about roots and teaching me roots, and what are the roots? Fear, abandonment like we talked about last night, trauma such as abortion. Maybe you had abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, product of divorce, been lied to, been betrayed. You know, I shared this last night. You know, I personally did not go through the trauma of uh, abortion in my life. But if we're on planet Earth, we've gone through trauma. (sighs) We've all gone through something intense in our hearts, right? And what God was showing me is that, you know, a lot of us, You know, we're not trained to really go in and deal with these roots. We're trained to run to anything to alleviate pain, smoke it down, eat it down, do anything to not have to deal. But guess what? The feelings we're not dealing with are dealing with us. We think we're not dealing with the feelings, but they will drive us into behavior that then becomes addiction. And what's so amazing about God is he's not mad at us for going to counterfeits. He just doesn't want to see us in bondage to anything. And he told me, he said, if you'll allow me, he said, we're going to go and do an intimate work. It won't always be pretty, but the results will be pretty. If you'll allow me into those roots, first of all, I'll show you what they are. And then I will teach you how to transfer dependence from your counterfeit to the true comforter. And so I've been teaching this message for years and years and years. And one thing I found is that counterfeit comforts are universal. For me, it was food, cigarettes. Some, some people, it's shopping, exercise, work. It could even be busyness. Being busy, and I think more than ever in this day and age, busyness is a counterfeit. I have an acronym for busy, B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. Why is being busy a counterfeit? Isn't it good to be productive and, you know, efficient? Of course. But it's so easy now to be constantly busy, constantly scrolling, constantly our attention elsewhere so we're never feeling and dealing in order to heal. So we're never being still and know that he is God. It's not easy to just really get still and go before the Lord and go into that stuff. We want to resist that. But the way to wholeness and healing is to go into it. A chapter I have in my book is the only way to is through. The only way to the peace that God offers us is through some of the junk, the gunk, the funk that we want to avoid. But we got to let God in there. Right? So God took me through an incredible process. And I can't go through all of it right now with you because it's too long. Uh, But the thing about God is that sometimes he heals in an instant, which is incredible. But most of the time it's through process. Most of the time, it's through process. So we have to understand as believers, what does that process look like? And I found that there are many believers that just don't understand, how do I get in there? Like, we love God, we go to church, we read the Bible, but often we can do that, but still not quite get into that real intimate personal connection with where the God we're worshiping is actually really in our internal life. We don't know how to let him into that place where we're suffering, that place where we're wounded, and then have his power touch that place and release us from that, right? So that's my niche. I love, I'm a how-to, I love to help people get in that place where they can hear God. Because another thing I'm finding that's prevalent in our church nowadays, guys, is that I believe we we as Christians are getting too dependent on secondhand revelation, Secondhand revelation is powerful. Having your pastor preach to you, reading a book, all of that stuff is amazing. But but we can't just hear someone else teach to us and think we've connected with God. Yeah. See, I think the best teaching, the best secondhand revelation should be a springboard for you into your own firsthand revelation. Because firsthand revelation is where it all happens. When you hear God talk to you about you, healing, there's a correlation between Healing and hearing. When God told me about counterfeit comforts, no person told me that. He spoke something into my life that changed my life forever. So I love as a minister to not just speak the word and tell you things, but to help show you how to position yourself in firsthand revelation. Because ministers leave, ministers go. Ministers aren't with you at home 24-7. But if we can position you to get into that place, into that connection, then there's no stopping you. So the process of that is all in this book, Counterfeit Comforts. It'll take you through how to hear God more deeply. Some of you in the room probably feel like you've never heard God ever. That's the number one thing I've heard as a minister. People feel like they don't hear God's voice. And I'm sure there are a number of you that feel like you don't hear him. And there are others of you that hear him. But if you're like me, I never hear him enough. I always want to hear him more clearly, hear him more regularly, hear him more. I'm always pressing into more of God, right? So if you're hungry for more of God, the book will help you navigate it. Now listen, I realize this book has lipstick on the cover because publishers know when you're talking about going deep emotionally, usually women have a proclivity to move in that direction a little bit more than men. So they market it that way. But I knew when I, when I wrote the book, I said, this book is not just for women. Wholeness in God and hearing God's voice and, and moving in power is not just for women. It's for all of us. It's for men too. And, you know, women can have a word to release to men, and men can have a, wor- a word to release to women. And it goes all, it doesn't, it's not only women can teach women. I mean, that also has to go. Obviously, you guys don't believe this because I'm here. But I can't tell you how much of the church is still locked into that old mindset. We all have the same Holy Spirit in us. So it's not about looking at the vessel. It's about tuning into the Spirit coming through the vessel. And I want to hear the Spirit. Therefore, I'm humble enough to hear it through man, woman, or child. I don't care who it's coming through as long as it's the right Spirit coming through. Right? So a woman releasing something by the Holy Spirit isn't having authority over you. That's ridiculous. It's just tuning into the yielding of the Spirit through whatever vessel God is going to yield it through. So that being said, I said, "God, what am I going to do about this? Because I don't see men, you know, sitting at the coffee house like with this book with lipstick on the cover. It's going to take a, quite a man to be brave enough to bring this out in public. What are, am I going to do?" So the cover of my book says, "Counterfeit Comforts: Freedom from the Imposters That Keep You from True Peace, Purpose, and Passion." So I felt the Lord say, "Make another cover." So I made a sticker, a man sticker. And this is what you do. Now you got a man book right here. And all it says on it is counterfeit comforts, exposing the imposters. So it's like a spy novel, espionage. I mean, this is like, no one knows what you're doing here. Is God not hysterical? Is God not awesome? So, men, I want to challenge you as well as the women. I believe that we're in a season right now where God, I mean, it's obvious, we can see it. God is on the move, and He is raising all of us up. It is time to rise and to and to really come into a new level. And I just something I've been releasing to the church is we have got to mature now. It's time to come out of childish things, and it's time to stop acting and reacting from old wounds. Now look, we're all wounded. And God has a lot of grace on our wounds. But it's our wounds that make us touchy and irritable and offended. And pastor didn't say hi to me. And what about me? And And that's okay. We've all been wounded. And there's a time to be a child and be in our wounds. But then there's a time to go in and let God do what he needs to do. So we can rise into the women, rise into the men that we're called to be. So we can brush off a fence, so we can be long suffering, so we can walk in love, so the Holy Spirit can come through a more healed vessel to touch the people, right? So th- it's a season for the body of Christ. So I encourage you, men and women, let's do this. Let's get into some depth with the Spirit. Okay, I got to move on. Shoot. Here we go. Really quick. I'm going to teach you this, I'm going to teach you an hour long tool in a minute and a half. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Here's a quick tool, and again, I go all into it in the book, so we don't have time. I'm going to give you just a quick overview, and then we're going to flow in the spirit a little bit. The first thing I did when I started reading the Bible, I needed wisdom. I was looking for wisdom, so I went to the book of wisdom, Proverbs, and right away I noticed a theme in Proverbs. Almost every scripture was jumping out at me, and the theme was all about what you do with your mouth. Every other scripture, if your mouth goes this way, this will happen. If your mouth goes that way, that will happen. And I just, I couldn't believe it was scripture after scripture after scripture. Well, I started to do a study. And do you know, just in the book of Proverbs alone, if you look up the words mouth, lips, and tongue, there are over 100 scriptures just in the book of Proverbs. So here we are looking for wisdom, and a big part of wisdom correlates with our own mouth. Now, I could go through all these scriptures with you, but just real quick, one of my favorites, Proverbs 18, 21. We know this one. A lot of us know this. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So we might say, oh, yeah, death and life is in the power of the tongue. But as a new believer, I had to kind of stop on that and say, wait a minute, what? What? I thought, like the normal people thought, that, you know, death and not doing well and being depressed and being angry and anxious, all of that had to do with what was happening in my life. You know, someone lies to you your car breaks down, you're losing money, that's all death. And you know, life is when you get a promotion or you fall in love, that's life. But the Bible said, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with what's happening to you. It's what's happening through you. It's how you think and how you speak about what's happening that determines whether you reside in death or in life. Am I ministering? Is that that what's happening here? Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, oh my, God. oh, my God! Heaven started playing a song. The angels, the harps came out. I love that confirmation from above. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is just too funny. In order to have full healing, we have to understand that there's a spiritual issue and a soul issue. We have to deal with the spiritual side and we have to deal with the soul side because they feed off of each other. We can't just get super spiritual with everything. Oh, just pray for me and break it off. That's a part of it, but we also have to deal with our soul. We can't just go to therapy and deal with our soul and not understand there's a spiritual dynamic as well. Those two have to be married, right? Third John 2, beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and are in health, even as your soul prospers. The degree to which we prosper in our soul determines how we degre- the degree to which we prosper in life. Proverbs eighteen seven, A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Wait a minute, my own lips snare myself emotionally, my mind, will, and emotions? My lips, not what you've done to me, not how you've betrayed me, nothing that you've done, but my own lips snare my mind, my will, and my emotions? Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. So wait, I can either snare my soul or I can guard and protect my soul depending on my mouth? So what did I do? What I did real quick is, is, I, is I looked at all the lies I was hearing from the enemy, all the things I was struggling with, and I went after the word of God. You know, Ephesians 6 is the armor of God. Every piece of our armor is protective and defensive except for one weapon with which to fight. Do you know what that is? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So I said, let me start using my sword of the spirit. So when fear would hit me, I would do what, what we all normally do, I would think about the thoughts, and I would ruminate on fear and let the fear stir up. And then before you know it, you're having a full-blown, full-blown panic attack. But God said, no, start to use your sword of the spirit. So I went to the Bible, and I found what God said about fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So I started to wield my sword. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I didn't care how much I had to say it. Actually, I was saying it so much, I heard a little voice in my head say, Hi, crazy lady. Hi, crazy lady. You're just walking around saying a sentence. And I knew at that point that it was was powerful because the enemy didn't want me to speak the word of God. Because the word of God that goes forth out of our mouth, it shall not return void. So a lot of us are waiting for circumstances to change. You know, I've got to see it to believe it. That's not how the kingdom works. We gotta believe it, think it, and speak it in order to see it. That's how we position ourselves. Now, is speaking the word the only answer in life? No, but let me tell you, it's a big piece of the puzzle. If you start speaking the word of God, you will see radical change in your life. Radical, radical change. Radical. I was dealing with my food issue, I grabbed onto a scripture in John 4, and I felt that pressure to binge, I would say, I have food to eat of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. When I was dealing with anxiety, I grabbed onto Philippians four. I am anxious for nothing, feeling anxious. I am anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I make my request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. This is how we fight the good fight of faith, guys. This is one of the ways, and I got to tell you, when we become believers, we all get a sword. But very few become masters with the sword. Very few. Because no one can become a master for you. Only we can wield our own sword. Jesus prayed this way. He declared things into existence. This is how all of earth was created. God spoke things into existence. Now look, whenever there's a powerful biblical tool, the enemy perverts it. What I'm talking to you right now is not name it and claim it. What is name it and claim it? We just decide what I want and I just say, I name and claim that Porsche. I name and claim that husband. I name and claim whatever I feel like. No, 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 no. We're not just naming and claiming things, we're speaking the word of God so we can appropriate the promises that are already ours. Do you understand? peace is already ours well being is already ours good relationships are already ours walking in health is already ours but we're fighting an enemy and one of the tools that God gave us to fight is the sword of the spirit which is the word of God Deuteronomy 30 19 I've set before you life and death blessing and cursing it's always an opportunity every minute of the day isn't it an opportunity every minute of the day death and life blessing and cursing but what does the scripture say choose life And one of the ways we choose life is by speaking life. So let's take those last few minutes and let's use our sword of the spirit and speak the word. Stand up. I encourage you to close your eyes. You don't have to, but I think it helps to just get out of this tactile world and just kind of connect with the spirit for a minute here. So I'm just going to flow. I'm going to speak some scripture out, and you just follow after me. Say it with boldness, even if you don't believe it. Fake it till you make it. The Word of God works. So say this. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I can do all things. All things. All things. Through Christ. Thank you, Lord, that freedom is mine. I am stepping out of fear, out of Of doubt right now with the authority I have in Christ I rebuke every lying spirit every voice that tries to tell me that I'm not good enough that it's too late for me that it's not gonna happen you're a liar pressure go heaviness go depression oppression go the same power say it the same power that raised jesus from the dead is alive is alive is alive inside of me thank you lord fill me flood me with your life With your light, with your love, I receive, I receive, I receive. Say this, 2020 is my year. (laughs) I am stepping in prophetically to clear vision, to perfect vision. And just say this, the Hebrew year has already begun, and numerically, it is the year of the mouth and of the eye. Therefore, I am having a turnaround with my mouth and with my eye. I see clearly in the natural. I see clearly in the spiritual. I am stepping more fully into the vision and purpose and destiny that God has for my life. There's no stopping me. There's no holding me back. I shake off every hindrance. I can't carry the old stuff with me into the new season. Offense, anger, guilt, shame. I'm leaving you behind. I'm leaving you in the dust. I'm stepping out. Ooh, peace. Say it, peace. Prince of peace. Prince of peace. Ooh, prince of peace. Ooh. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for a new day, a new way for your people. I thank you, Lord, that by the spirit, heaviness is being loosed right now, that confusion on the mind, the vice grip and the pressure, even headaches right now in behind the eyes, on the on the forehead, the back of the neck. Whew. Thank you, Jesus Christ. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You healed in the Bible, and you're healing right now. So I thank you that angels are all around the room touching bodies, touching minds. Ooh, release, 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 release. Light, 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 my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Light, 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 light. Pressure breaking off, oppression breaking off. Heaviness, depression, coming out from under, insomnia, all that breaking, 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 breaking. Heaviness in the heart, just say this, I let it go. I let it go. Everything I've been carrying, I lay it right now at your feet. I let go of the heaviness take it Lord Ooh, there it is right there just feel that lightness flood your heart feel that lightness flood your heart Ooh, hallelujah 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 Ooh, hallelujah Our Lord I thank you that you continue to work what you're working in, in these people I thank you Father that you've begun a good work and you're going to complete it thank you Father for the healing to continue for the rest of the day throughout the days and the weeks and the months to come I just pray a blessing over your beautiful children. We give you all the glory for everything that you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Can I say one last thing and then we pass it over? Okay, have a seat. Doesn't it feel good to operate in the power? That's like prophesying over your own life. So let me end on this note. I'm a big believer in resources because in order to renew, you know, one of the definitions of renew our mind in Romans 12 two means to replace. And the one way we replace our thoughts is by speaking. Another definition of renew is repetition, which means we have to get this in us. So what happened today, you gotta carry it forward. So that's why the tools in the book are important, and I want to just give you a free gift. I have a teaching that I used to sell, but I feel like the Lord now wants me to sew it. It's called Tools for Transformation, and it goes a bit over what we talked about, how to identify thoughts, replace them, speak the word. It's powerful, and I want to just sew it into your your life. So this is how you get it. You can take a picture of this or just jot it down. Do it now, do it later. You just text my name. To the number 66866 and then instantly put in your email and this will come right into your phone into your computer you can uh, download it listen to it in the car share it with a friend it's my gift to you all right I love you guys I will see you outside I'm sorry I went over please forgive me Lord amen thank you for listening to this week's message if you enjoy this podcast and would like to give please visit us at theroads.church to stay connected follow us on Facebook and Instagram You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.